0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services.
1: Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is investing for women. So with me today, I have Amy McFarlane. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Okay, so. All of you women out here are going to want to listen up, but yes. all of you men out here who have a woman in your life that you love, which is a daughter or a wife yes, or a mother, uh-huh. this show is something you're going to want to listen to as well mm-hmm. because you might be the one that handles the money in the family, but these are going to be some things you might want to share with that woman that you love in order to help them along their own financial journey. Yes. All right, so here's the thing, is that there are some unique considerations that women investors face in today's world that are different than men, okay? All right. And the first thing that I want to talk about is this. Ladies, you're really (laughs) likely to end up with all the money. (laughs) That's because you live longer. longer. (laughs) So if you don't handle the money now, chances are you probably will at some point in time. that's the old adage, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Very true. But here's the deal, is that the um, life expectancy, the average life expectancy for men right now is 76 years old. And the average life expectancy for women is 82 Okay. Okay. now, the older that you get, the longer your life expectancy pushes out. Right. So life expectancy for people who, you know, are already getting to those ages, Mm -hmm. you know, pushes that out every four or five years, the longer that you live. Right. Right. I don't want any listeners who are 76 (laughs) and 82 to freak out. (laughs) But think about that. That is a six-year age difference, and that's why there's some unique considerations for women. We have to plan for your money to last longer, Mm -hmm. because the chances are you're going to live longer, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to make your money last a longer amount of time, and you have to learn what to do with it and how to handle it. Ah. And the truth of the matter is, many women have never been in the position to actually handle the financial decisions in their family. Sure, A lot of families, the... Roles are divided, and the money role went to the husband. Mm-hmm. Now, not all families. I meet a lot of women who are the main ones that handled everything. Um, but there's also a unique division, too. Sometimes the the husbands have handled the investment decisions while the wives have handled the bill day-to-day paying. checkbook mm-hmm. and the bill paying. Mm-hmm. So there, even though you might be doing part of the money role in the family, you might not be doing all of it. Okay. Okay? So... If you are a woman who has already reached the age of 65, then you have an 85% chance of reaching 75 and a 72% chance of reaching 80. Okay. And every year that you keep living, your chances of living longer increase. Yeah, it wasn't like a four
0: to five year span. We increased by a year or so.
1: Yep. And then the thing also is... With the medical advances that happen all the time, all of us are living longer. Right. Right? Oh, right. Fun little fact. Okay. Social Security originally started and they said you can start getting your money back when you're 65.
0: And I know why, because I attend your seminars. (laughs) Because they only thought we would live that long. That's right. They didn't really think they were
1: going to give any of that Social Security back. And by golly, we fooled them because we're living so long. This is why it's going broke. Go capitalism. (laughs) So, anyway, if, you know, think about that, the age used to be 65, now it's 76 for men and 82 for women, and they say that babies being born today certainly have a life expectancy of over 100.
0: Yes, and I think I've mentioned this before that I heard on the radio um, that the first person to live to 200 has already been
1: born. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) I know, I know. That blows up everybody's financial plan. (laughs) And Social Security, for sure, (laughs) right? So even though you're living longer, women, out there, you might not be prepared for a longer retirement. And so this is another thing that kind of um, is unique to women because of the gender gap um, in terms of jobs. um, And because a lot of women have taken time out to raise their children, they might not be in a job that actually offers a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. So only fifty three percent of women are participating in their company retirement plan, where sixty five percent of men have already started participating in their plan. Mm-hmm. That's according to a report from Oppenheimer. Okay. So um, you're living longer and you're not saving yourself as much, and this can create a problem for female investors. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So. Another thing that creates a problem is the fact that there is a pay differential, right? Yep, yeah, right. So... You know, for every dollar that a man earns, the statistics say that a woman is earning 79 cents for it. So 79 cents for a woman to every dollar a man earns. And I'm not saying this in any way because I'm trumpeting feminism or anything like that. I'm just saying that these are the statistics that are out there. And when you earn less, you save less. Mm -hmm. Because there's less money to go around. (laughs) So what I'm mostly concerned about is that... If you're saving less, your investment dollars need to work harder for you. So the wage discrepancy makes a difference in terms of, you know, those lost earnings are turning into lost investments, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, there's all kinds of reasons that that might be the case. Again, it might be the case because a woman decided to take time out on the career path to raise a family. Men are trending to start doing that now, too. So that, that trend is actually having some changes happening. Where the women are the breadwinners and the men oh, are yeah. taking time out mm-hmm. to raise the families. So we're starting to see a little bit of a curve with that. Um, but there is a cost to that time out. okay? And so the if a woman takes one year out of the workforce, mm-hmm. just one year, then that can create an 11% salary drop for the rest of her career. Wow. Just one year. And if they take three or more years out, that creates a 37% reduction in salary upon return. Wow. Right? So if you're going to earn almost 40% less Mm -hmm. as a result of taking time out, that means you're probably going to result in saving 40% 40% less not, when you come back in.
0: Yes. And not to mention a uh, less in Social Security benefit
1: payout. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Less than a lot of things. So it mm-hmm. has an impact. Now, I'm certainly not saying that women shouldn't do that or men shouldn't do that. I'm just saying that there is an economic impact of that decision beyond just the fact that you're not earning in the years that you are out of the workforce. Sure. Right? Okay. So because of that, then we see this savings gap And then it's combined with the fact that you're living longer and it just creates this big ball of (laughs) uniqueness for women. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. So the other thing then that happens is that many women feel that when they have less to work with, they start to feel like maybe they don't have confidence in their abilities to actually... Go through the investing process and understand Mm -hmm. it. So, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit about how to build your confidence and your capabilities so you feel really strongly about handling your finances and handling your money. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk, and today we're talking about investing for women. So all of you listening out there, I'd like you to ask yourself this question <laughs> How confident are you in your investing abilities compared to the average investor? Mm. Now, the funny thing about that is who in God's name knows what the average investor actually looks like.
0: <laughs> well, and I'm guessing, once again, it's going to be a different uh, confidence level for men versus women.
1: I think that it is, mm-hmm. yes. And and people also are going to have their own version of what that average investor looks like. But the reason I ask the question that way is because you have a preconceived notion about whether or not you know what you're doing or don't know what you're doing when it comes to money and investing. And most people have a gut check response to that, like, you know, how do I feel about my, you know, abilities? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know anything, right. you know. Or, right. oh, you know, I think I kind of got yeah. it going on. Yep. So um, the if you answered that question with a bit of self-doubt, you are not alone. Okay. That's the one thing I want to tell you. In fact, the majority of women investors actually have self-doubt about their capabilities with investing. So what's interesting about this Is that there are resources everywhere, but most of the resources are not written in language that the average person feels like they can wrap their mind around, Mm -hmm. right? They're not written in conversational tones, (laughs) right? They're written in big words that are hard to understand or words you have to look up. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Quite frankly, most resources out there. Most books, most financial advisors Mm -hmm. make people feel stupid, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not helpful at all when you already have self-doubt, you know, about your own abilities as an investor. So the advice that I want to give you here is that it's going to be really important to try to connect in with a resource that does not build your self-doubt, but that builds your confidence. And whether that's an online resource whether that's a webinar, whether that's a book, whether that's a conversation with somebody that gets it or can speak in a way to you that you feel like you're heard, but also that they can educate you in a way that doesn't make you feel small, Mm -hmm. then that's the type of resource that you, especially women listeners out there want to seek out. Yes,
0: because sometimes I'm sure, you know, you feel like, am I asking a question that should be such a basic knowledge that I don't have.
1: Right. People are afraid to ask what they think are dumb questions. And the truth about it is it's not a dumb question. If you don't know the answer, it's just a question. Right. Right. (laughs) We all didn't know it at one point in time. Yes. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I know a lot about money, but I don't know a lot about what, you know, other people do. You know, I just know a lot about what I know about. Right. And everybody's like that. But there's this preconceived notion out there that we should know more about money or we should know more about investments. And- The interesting thing about this, though, is that there is some studies out there that show that women have an innate capability to actually be better investors than men. Like more competent? Not competent, but make decisions based on a higher level of Maybe rationality. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of
0: <laughs> men out there laughing hysterically. <laughs> My husband is. <laughs> and
1: that's because men are more likely to take risks uh-huh. and women are more likely to look at things from a vantage oh. point of risk averse or security based. Oh, okay. Right? So the men that take those risks sometimes they pay off big and sometimes they completely blow up. Okay. Right? That's the innate nature of a risk. Mm-hmm. But women who, are not afraid to be conservative or risk averse and are more open to advice and seeking out opinion about what they should do before making a decision, those long-term investment behaviors actually Mm -hmm. tend to build stronger portfolios. Oh, that's really... Isn't that interesting? yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah. So the... Um women, th- here's an interesting statistic, women change investments in their portfolio 45% less than men. Wow. And it's not- It's almost be- one for every two. Right. I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And it's not because they are um, afraid to do it. It's because they're researching it and they're not doing it on hunches. They t- Before they make a decision, they're tending to- look for the reason to do it and make sure it's the right thing to do versus just making a snap decision. Sure. Okay. So the other thing is that the, this risk averseness and the focus on security is something that is a unique um, behavior to the female investor. Okay. Right. So here's the thing is that a woman making investment decisions tends to think along these lines. Number one, I want to make sure I don't do anything that's going to put my family at risk, Mm -hmm. which generally means they're not taking a lot of wild investment risks. Uh Or if they're doing it, they have completely segregated a piece of their portfolio in which to do that risky stuff with but there's still a good hunk of their portfolio that is focused on stability and long-term security for them and their family.
0: So a little play money maybe. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) and play money is super fun, (laughs) (laughs) right? There's a lot of things that we can do with play money that is fun and exciting and and lets you dabble in that risk, but women by and large won't do that with their whole portfolio. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we see that men do that. So um, women are also more likely to state that working with a financial advisor helps them feel more confident about it. And what women are looking for in a financial advisor is a collaborative relationship. Sure.
0: Relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: They're not just looking for somebody to tell them what to do with their money. They're looking for somebody to understand what's happening in their life, understand how they feel about things, what their unique set of risks are. And when I say what their risks are, they're worried about You know, how am I going to get kids through college? Are my kids taking care of my grandkids the way that I think they should be taken care of? You know, what happens if my husband passes away and I need to take care of this money and I've never Mm -hmm. had to before? Mm -hmm. You know, women are worried about running out of money in a different way than men are worried about that.
0: And I think, speaking for myself, I can say between my husband and I, I'm far more the emotional one as far as I want to really talk the depth of every mm-hmm. part of yes, how you I'm of affected you by this. You know? <laughs> Men do not I do I want to have coffee. <laughs>
1: Yes, I want to have coffee and talk about that. That's how women are. Yes, it's true. And that's okay. There, I mean, it's just it's just the way of the world. So that's that brings me to something I was gonna share a little bit later on, but I'm gonna say it now is that's what we're giving away today. Is we're giving away (laughs) for the first five callers that want to do this, we're giving away a coffee hour with me. So if you wanna come have coffee with me and you wanna just talk about what's going on in your life financially what kind of questions you have. There's no charge for this. It's just a time to chat and see what we can do to maybe give you some thoughts or advice or listen about what your situation is and give you some guidance or some reference points.
0: Well, Mary, I'm sure you've had lots of experience having a, a couple in where you've got two different opinions between husband and wife. Oh, Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And it's kind
0: of nice to air it to a third party.
1: It definitely is. A lot of times the first meeting that we have with a husband and wife, I just met with some people yesterday, and at the end of the meeting the wife said, I didn't even know half of the stuff that we had, but now I at least know what we have. And and the husband said, I didn't know you felt that way about this one particular subject, so it's really good that we had that conversation. So, you know, those kind of meetings of the minds just within couples are really strong when you're doing financial planning. But for those of you women who are a little, you know, may be timid or afraid to actually schedule an appointment with a financial planner, which can be intimidating, yes. right? Then let's just have coffee. Let's just chit chat. Let's talk in a very um, comfortable environment where, where you know that this isn't about business. This is just conversation where we might be able to provide some guidance and value I'm offering that to the first five callers who <laughs> want to reach out or email us and uh, we'll schedule coffee with Mary Stirk. <laughs>
0: That's wonderful.
1: All right. Here's an interesting fact, too, that is is kind of unique because we just talked about how women are not as big of a risk taker as a man is, but there are some new statistics coming out that in the last five years, women have started up businesses at twice the rate of men. Okay. How interesting is that? I think Hmm. that's fascinating, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I think it's also interesting to note that they are doing a lot of businesses as side businesses. Yes. Right? So women are starting up side businesses. And what I'm seeing happen is you have a woman who um, has worked at a job, might not be what they would consider a career, but they've worked at a job. They have a desire or a passion for something that's a little bit different They'd like to be their own boss. They're not quite sure how to go about doing that, but they know that they have something inside them that is saying, "I can build something on my own over here." Mm-hmm. And a lot of women are doing this while they're raising their kids, and they're adding another whole layer of crazy to their lives yeah. when they do this. <laughs> but there's something inside them that's saying, "There's there's something more out there for yeah. me." Well, to it do.
0: taps into something a, an unused resource.
1: Yes, that's sleeping. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so the. The businesses that we're seeing, you know, women, you know, start are creating new revenue streams for people. And then a lot of times, though, you might be really good at business. But once your business is successful, you're not necessarily sure what that next step is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's really a couple of different things that I think that you would want to be aware of when you're starting a business as a woman or when you're ready to invest some of those dollars. First of all, you need to have a plan. Right. You know, and the planning doesn't have to necessarily be something hugely elaborate, but you do have to have a plan and your plan needs to connect in with whatever your core values are and what you're trying to do with your life. Sure. Right. So if your core value is taking care of your family, then your entire investment strategy and plan should be built around that. Don't build it around something different just because somebody else says, oh, you should try to grow your money this way or do this. Build your plan around what aligns with your own values. Okay, That's the only thing that money is here to do for you. Money is here to buy you choices so that you can live your life the way you want to live it about what's important to you and what you value. Your money is nothing but a support tool to enjoy the life that matters to you. Okay, And so the plan that you build whether the money's coming from your own business, whether the money is coming from investments that you have, jobs that you have, inheritance, hey, it doesn't matter where the money's come from. What matters is that you align your money with the life you want to lead. Okay. And yeah. that's one of the best <laughs> pieces of yeah. advice that I can give to <laughs> women investors that is out there. Your,
0: yeah. That is your tagline. (laughs) It is.
1: Money buys you choices. I'm a firm believer
0: in that. Yes, it's really true.
1: In fact, I expand on that in the book that I wrote recently called Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger. Mm -hmm. So any of you women out there listening who are thinking about retiring or, you know, whether you're single or whether you're married, this book is a great resource for you. It's an easy read. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of stories in it that you might be able to relate to. But it also helps you understand some of those complex topics in a way that is more simple and easy to understand
0: yes it's put in I you know I I like to call it storybook problems (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah I got moved to the dumb class when we had to learn that no like wait in the 60s and fifth grade or whatever any aka algebra
1: (laughs) oh geez yes that's the fun math class that people don't tend to use later in life So anyway, I am going to be doing a book signing at Barnes & Noble on July 8th. That's coming up right around the corner. And I just wanted to let our local listeners know that, that if you'd like a signed copy of my book, you can stop out at Barnes & Noble in the afternoon from 1 to 3. Yep. I'm going to be there too, Mary. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I think there will actually be more than one author out there that's signing oh, books. really? So that kind of cool oh, that we have more yeah. than one local author. Um, but come out. Pick up a copy of your book and I'll sign it for you. And that would be a great start to help build your resources and knowledge about your own retirement yes. planning.
0: And if you heard about it on this show, let us know you're a listener.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We love hearing that. So thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.